The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. This morning, I would like to minister on the importance of honoring God's Word and speaking God's Word, and also I might add, acting on His Word. You know, so many of us are uh, hearers of the Word, but very few of us are doers of the Word. But God would prefer that we be both, that we be both hearers and doers of the Word. Saints, our attitude, and I want you to really pay attention here because your attitude toward the Word of God will determine the place that God holds in your daily life, in your everyday life. The Word should always be the Father speaking to you, and we should always put Him first. He should always have first place in our hearts, no matter what. His Word should never be like a message that comes from an ordinary book. The Word is our Father speaking to us. As a matter of fact, I forgot the title of my message today is called Crumbs No More. Now you can either decide to feed off of crumbs and eat off, eat off of other people's plates, or you can decide not to. God did not create you to eat crumbs. He, he created you to eat the best of the land, the good of the land. The word was designed by our Father to take Jesus' place in His absence. We know that in the book of John, that uh, Jesus came in the flesh, and the, and the, man, and he was made, uh, the Word was made flesh, and He dwelt among us. But we also know that He left temporarily. But we also know that He left the Word and the Holy Spirit to help us. When He says, the Father Himself loves you, it is a personal message to your heart. So when Jesus said in John 14, 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we make our home with him. We have the word today in many forms, and we can even carry it around in our pockets. I do. I carry my telephone with me, uh, and it's got the word on it this morning. As a matter of fact, I was sitting on my sofa, and I needed a, a scripture on something, and I did not want to interrupt what I was doing on my iPad, so I just asked my phone. <laughs> yeah. The Bible says in Revelations that the devil accuses you daily before our Father. And so I couldn't remember exactly where. I knew it was in Revelations, but I couldn't remember if it was Res Revelations 10 or 11. So I picked up my phone, and I hit it, and I, and I said, Scriptures for the devil that accuses his brethren. And it came up, Revelations 10. You know, so we have, we have in our hands and our ability, there is no excuse for not getting the word. Is there anybody in here this morning that does not have a, a telephone or a smartphone that you can't talk to? You must. You text all the time. You talk all the time. But we don't use it for sometimes for the most important things. One talking to the Lord on it or, or looking up scriptures on it. There's times when you need an answer to something or there's a time that you need encouragement in a situation and all you have to do is hit that phone and say scripture for so-and-so, scripture for peace or scripture for knowledge, scripture for wisdom, and, and it'll give it to you. It'll bring it up and all you got to do is touch it and you can read the scripture. It's amazing what you can do. But like I said, it's, it's so available today that we can even carry it around in our pockets, yet how little we appreciate the value of his message and how little we appreciate the word that is at our hand. The word of man has gained a controlling influence and has more authority than God's word here today on this earth, and that's a pity. People are much more apt to believe a doctor's report or their banker's report or even their neighbor's experience than they are the word of God. If they go in and that doctor tells them something, they're more apt to believe what he tells them than what God would or their, or their attorney. Mm -hmm. And, and that is, isn't that place in their word above God's word? Mm -hmm. When he says none of these things are going to happen to you, all you have to do is believe me, all you have to do is put your trust in me, and it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Even though in the natural, sometimes it don't look that way. And that's where the devil gets you. Mm -hmm. He gets you there every time. He always gets you in the natural. He, know, he gets you in the natural by what you see and what you feel and what you think. Mm -hmm. And he'll do it every time. But I thank God for the Word of God. 
I thank God His Word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It'll cut through bone and marrow, even to divide in the spirit and soul. Praise Amen. God. Amen. You know, Paul said and wrote in uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, he says, Wherefore, I also give continual thanks to God, because when you heard from me the spoken word of God, you received it, not as the word of man, but as it is the truth, the word of God who himself works effectually in you who believe. And I have read that scripture so many times when I have gotten up to minister and the Lord had given me, brought that uh, scripture across my path and wanted me to say that. In other words, he wanted you when I'm speaking, he wanted you to take that word as if it's him speaking himself, just like with Paul. But what we don't understand, when Paul was speaking the word and he was speaking this word, Jesus had not yet gone home. The, the word, the, uh, he had gone home here, but the word had not yet been written. So they were speaking as the Lord was giving them, telling them what to say. Saints, God confirms the word today everywhere that it is preached. And he makes his word good when we dare to act upon it, when we step out in faith and we stand on his word. Saints, these are some hindrances to your faith. Said your faith will never rise. One of the biggest hindrances and one of the things that you really need to understand is that your faith will never rise above your confession. I do not refer to the confessions of sin, but the confession of the Word of God. If we confess, and if you confess weakness all the time, and if you're always going around speaking failure and sickness, you're going to destroy your faith. When we boldly make our confession that our diseases were laid on Jesus, and we hold fast to that confession, we bring God in on the scene when we do that. Sometimes a lack of knowledge will hinder us from making a bold statement. You know, we cannot... Act on the word beyond our knowledge. Amen. You cannot go above your knowledge. It's impossible. So if you want more knowledge of the word of God and you want him acting, you know, being involved more in your life, in your situations, in your, in your health, your family, in your finances, then you're going to have to get more knowledge on the word of God. And I ran across some books this um, week that I think are powerful uh, and uh most any of his books are powerful. E.W. Kenyon. And, and you can download them. He went home to be with the Lord many years. I think probably in the early 1940s. But he, he was a powerful man of God. And, and the books, are one thing that's so good about these books are they're uh, written in such a plain language that anybody can understand them. I mean, you don't have to get your dictionary out to look them up. You know, some books you get a whole, you need a dictionary to, to look up the words. But he, he, he teaches it in such a way that it, it, to me, it's just powerful. And I downloaded uh, two or three copies on my iPad. And I, I've just got my nose stuck right in them. <laughs> they're, they're powerful. In other words, if you're always saying what you are not, but telling of your weaknesses and you're confessing your failings and your lack of money, confessing your, and you confess your lack of ability and your lack of health, invariably, you're going to go to the level of your confession. Think about that. If you confess these things, that is where you're going to go. But on the other hand, if you confess what the Word of God says, you're going to go to a whole new height. A whole new height. I'm, I'm, I'm a living witness of it. A living witness. Praise God. When we confess His Lordship and our, and our hearts fully agree, then we turn our lives over into His care. And that's what He's looking for. Saints, there will be there will be an end of your worry and there will be an end of your fear and the beginning of faith. That's where it all starts, when we just turn it all over to Him. If you could only realize that when you open the Bible and read the Word, it is a living thing. We are implanted, when we read that Bible, we are actually implanting that Word into our hearts. It's a now word. It's always, it's always a now word from Him to me and to you. It's His voice. And Psalms 107, 20 said, He sent His Word and He healed them. In other words, the living Word that He sent, saints, was His Son, according to John 14, uh, 14. In Jeremiah 1, 12, the Lord said, I watch over my Word. Brothers and sisters, He will watch over the Word we preach and teach. Amen. He will watch over the Word that you, that you speak. He will watch over that to bring it about. Jesus said, If my words 
are living in you and you are speaking them, I will live in them as they pass from your lips. I'm going to repeat that. If my words are living in you, the Lord is saying, if my words are living in you and you are speaking my words, then I will live in them as they pass through your lips. Amen. In other words, they're going to bring about what you're speaking if you're speaking what he says. In other words, if his word is for you, is in you, and you speak his word over the sickness in your body, his word will act like a laser and cut right through that sickness Amen. every time. And you can speak to that mountain of debt, and that mountain will move. It says it will, only you got to doubt not and believe. He said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. If he believeth in his heart, and doubt not. And let me clarify this. You can have doubt up here. He said in your heart. The enemy is going to put doubt up here. But God works down here in your heart. So don't, don't let the doubt up here confuse the doubt in your heart. He said have doubt. And no, not, not to have any doubt in your heart. And so it, it's, it's good that because uh, a lot of people think that well, I'm doubting that. Well, the enemy is causing you to doubt that. But keep on doing it because that's faith. You keep on doing it regardless of what you feel up here because of what's down here. That's faith. And it'll work. It'll work for you every time. It'll never fail you. You might want to write that down. The word of Christ becomes a living thing. In your lips, you have to speak the word fearlessly. Let the word live in you gloriously and richly. God means, God's means of teaching us is through his word, so the word becomes a vital thing. The word takes on personality. It becomes Christ himself because he is the word, according to John 1.1. Are you hearing me? For example, his word encourages us not to be dismayed, for he said, I am your God, I am going to be your strength. He said, I'm going to lend to you my own ability. When weaknesses come, remember that I am the strength of your life. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. He also tells us to let the weak say they're strong in Joel 3, 10. He doesn't tell you to go around saying that you're weak all the time. He wants you to say you're strong. Did he, did he say, wait, I don't feel, did, that you're supposed to say, well, Lord, I don't feel strong. He didn't say that. He said, let the weak, he knows you're weak. <laughs> you don't have to say, Lord, I'm weak. I don't feel like, I don't feel strong. And God says, well, I know that. That's why I put it in here for you. When you're feeling weak, say, Lord, I thank you that I'm not weak, but I'm strong. I'm strong in you. I don't feel weak, right, strong right now, but I am strong because you said I am. Not because I feel strong, but because you said I am. Amen. It's all about what he says. Mm -hmm. In other words, he's telling you by faith to believe his word, is what I just said. For instance, when you need finances, remember what his word said. My father knoweth that you have need of all these things. In Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 30 says that, 32 says, don't worry about these things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. As a matter of fact, you know, he says he, you can just whisper or confess in your own heart, brothers and sisters. You can confess, my Father will supply every need of mine. He knows my needs and he loves me and he and I are one. These are things that you can say. But you know what? It really amazes me that when a person gets born again, that one of the first things they do is to stop using bad language or better known as four-letter words or foul words. And that's good. You know, that, that's, that's really good. You know, we should clean up our talk. We need a clean mouth. We don't really need to be going around speaking foul words or four-letter words. But what really amazes me even more is that Christians don't think of words such as sickness and poverty and words of doubt and unbelief as foul words or evil words. But they are. They're foul words and they're evil words that you may not, and you may not believe this, but these words will do more damage to you than all the other words. 
If you walk around all the time talking about your, how broke you are and how sick you are and how this and that you are, these words are going to do you a lot more uh, harm than if you actually were to use those foul four-letter words. Because God can, can forgive you for speaking those words. Only we think that they're foul. But what we think is foul, is, um, what God thinks is foul is different than what you think is foul. So when you're, when you're using those four-letter words, you know, like sick and broken, all these other things, you know, those are foul words to God because He's already says, I know your needs and I have provided them for you. So why, why are you saying this? Are you hearing me? Yes. Amen. You know, we're, we're really quick sometimes. We think we got it all put together. And I'm, I'm included. You know, sometimes we just think we got it all put together, but we don't. We don't. We just think we do. What we think is awesome sometimes, God is up there shaking his head at us. You know? But like I said, you need to realize that sick and poor are four-letter words too, as far as God's concerned, before they are anti what his word says. Anything that goes anti against what God says is not good. The words of unbelief that you speak are curse words. They're evil words to God, and they counter what God says about you. And that, therefore, it makes them foul words. It makes them evil words. The Lord said in Malachi 3.13 in the New Living Bible, it says, You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord, but you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? Saints, words of unbelief and doubt are harsh words to God. In Job 6.30, he says, Is there wrong on my tongue? Cannot my taste discern what is destructive? And I put a sailor there. In other words, that sailor only means just stop and think about that. He said, Is there wrong on my tongue? Is there wrong on your tongue in here this morning, brothers and sisters? Have you been speaking things anti what the Word of God tells you to speak? Maybe that's the reason why you're in the position that you're in there. Because you can't get your tongue lined up with him. And as soon as you get that mouth turned upward instead of downward, things are going to take on a whole new ballgame. Trust me, they will. Saints, when you taste food, and what you're about to do, when you taste food, you're able to discern immediately if it tastes good and you know right away what tastes good and what tastes bad, don't you? When you put something in your mouth and it doesn't taste good, you spit it out immediately, don't you? Mm-hmm. And if it's good, you eat it. Mm-hmm. And that's all God's saying. Mm-hmm. When you put my words in your mouth, you got good stuff in there and you need to chew on it. As a matter of fact, there's places in the Bible where he says, I eat the word. Yes. Mm-hmm. I eat the word. In the same way, we should also be able to, discuss, we should also be able to discern when you're speaking destructive words. If you can discern what's good and bad in the food, then you should be able to discern what's good and what's evil words that are coming out of your mouth. Any negative word or words of doubt and unbelief are destructive words, and they need to be replaced by what God says. In Matthew 12, in the New American Standard Bible, it says, But I tell you that every careless word that people speak they shall give an accounting for in the day of judgment. For, your, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So God is telling you right here in Matthew 12 that he, you're being held accountable for every non-working word that you speak. Amen. That's a biggie. Saints, I cannot express enough how important it is for you to monitor the words coming from your lips. For based on God's word, you will have what you say. Sooner or later, you become what you confess. Sooner or later, you will become what you confess. The words coming out of your mouth. You are today the words you spoke yesterday and last week. Do you want to be next week what you were this week or last month or last year? Or do you want things to turn around in your life and be different? If you want things to turn around in your life, then you must start saying what he says, or otherwise you're going to be back in the same place again. You are going to become what you confess. It's, it's just a known fact. You might want to write that down. I will become what I confess. Wow. Amen. Amen. David said in Psalms 39, he said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin 
with my tongue. He said, I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. And David also said that he had purposed in his heart not to let his lips sin against God. When you want to do the right thing, you have to purpose to do it. Think about that. Anything that you've ever done that was important in your life, you had to, be, you had to do it on purpose. You have the purpose to do it. If you want to get closer to God, if you want to have a healthier body, if you want to have more blessings in your finances, then you're going to have to be more purposeful in speaking and confessing what God says about you. You can buy books on it. You can't find it. I mean, you know, they, they have one book out. I got it on my website. It's called Decree Your Today. You can get that book and decree your today. Decree your tomorrow. Decree your next year. Instead of decreeing what we seem to be decreeing every day. Sometimes you, you, you say, well, I can't think of anything good to say. Well, other people have, so go copy them. The Bible does. I copy it. It says good things about me. You know, so I, I, like, what, I like what it says about me. Amen. According to this, I'm a giant. And according to this, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Amen. You know, according to him, I'm bold and I'm strong. You know, and, and I'm not in the natural. But I'm not going to say I'm not because he knows I'm not. But I don't have to tell you I'm not. Got that? <laughs> in other words, you have to renew your mind according to Romans 12 too. You, you don't... If you don't renew your mind, you're going to feed off of crumbs forever. You will eat off the plates of others instead of God's best for you. And I don't think you want that. 1 Peter 3.10 says, Whoever desires to love life and see good days. How many of you would like a good life and see good days? I know, praise God, I would. He said, if you do this, if you desire to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Hallelujah. When you speak words of sickness and words of poverty, you need to know that your words will cause you to stay broke. They will keep you sick and they're going to cause you to live in constant fear because they're destructive words and they're going to kill you. They might not kill you physically, but you might wish you were dead. Matthew 15, 11 says, When Jesus called the multitudes to him, he said to them, Hear and understand. And I want you to hear and understand this this morning. You'll find that in uh, Matthew 15, 11. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles the person. So it's the words that's coming out of your mouth that is hindering you from being healthy, being prosperous, and having a good life. It's not your mama, your daddy. It's not your boss. It's not your brothers and sisters. It's not your neighbors. But it's you. It's you. Because it, no matter who your neighbors are or who your family are, you can be who God says you are. But you have got to confess it on a daily basis. You, get, you keep on confessing it, you'll believe it. Because see, what's happened now is that you've been confessing the other for so long that you're beginning to believe it. You believe you can't get a better job. You believe that you'll always be sick. You believe that you'll never have the prosperity, the money that somebody else has. You, you believe that. And you're going to get what you believe because that's what you confess. And you're going to have to be careful about whom you're around. Very careful. Be very selective of the people that you're around and that you listen to. You can be nice to everybody, but you don't have to listen to everything they got to say. And if they're talking about other people and they're speaking negative, you need to say, well, I, I think, you know, excuse yourself. Yes. And say, I don't, you know, I really don't think I need to be hearing this so, or whatever, but just excuse yourself. I do. I, I did that the other day. I said, I, don't, I can't hear this. They were speaking death over my sister. Yes, she did pass away last week. But, you know, I won't get into that. But I fought. I went down and stayed a whole week, and I fought negative. I fought death every turn. You know, I just get there, you run them out of the room, and you pray, and you get her up back eating, and you get things going, and you fight, 
fight, fight, fight, fight. But that's okay. I come, I, I know where she's at. She's with the Lord, you know, and she didn't want to go that way. And you know, you might, you might be one of these people to think this way. I don't know, and I don't care. But <laughs> I was surprised. You know, a lot of people think that you've got to be sick to go home to be with the Lord. You don't have to be sick to go home to be with the Lord. You know, and that's why I said to my sister, you know, I, I told somebody, I said, she can go home to be with the Lord, but she doesn't have to go home this way. She can get well and then go home if she wants to. You know, and then somebody said to me, which I was hard, hard for me to believe, coming from a full gospel person. Well, how else are you going to go home if you don't get sick? Mercy. <laughs> now, what would you answer that one to? And I said, you don't have to go. She said, how else are you going to go die if you don't get sick? I said, I thank God and I, I don't plan on getting sick to go home. I plan on working just as long as I can and go to bed one night or sit down in my chair. And just when I close my eyes, I'll wake up and I'll be in heaven. I, I, I want to be healthy and strong. I want to be a force for God. And, and in order to do that, I must confess my words every day. I must spend time in his presence every day. I must start my day with him every day. I must end my day with him every day. And he will keep me strong. He will keep me healthy. He will prosper me and he will do everything. Because the devil has already come against me so many times years and years ago. He came against my family. came against. He took my husband. He took my home. He took everything. But he didn't take me. And he didn't take my faith. I went right back to work. Two weeks later. Right after my husband passed. You, you can't. What can, and I'll get to that in a minute. What can you do? The enemy is trying to stop you, and he don't care how he does it. But you've got to be wise to him, and we've got to get wiser as these days go by. And you're going to have to shake it off, and you're going to have to keep on moving. That, that's all you can do. You can't sit around and feel sorry for yourself. People dying and going to hell every day. And I don't know where they're dying, sick or well, but they're going to hell. Some people aren't because some people are in an accident and they, maybe they were well, mm -hmm. young and old. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you just, uh, you, just you, you can't give in to the enemy. It hurts. Mm -hmm. Do I have feelings? Yes, I have feelings. Mm -hmm. Do I cry? Yes, I cry. Mm -hmm. But not when I'm fighting. Mm -hmm. Cry later. Mm -hmm. When you've done all you can do. The Bible says when you've done all you can do, just stand. So I'm standing today. I'm standing today. As a matter of fact, I preached last Sunday morning. I said, and somebody said, you aren't going to the funeral? Yes, I'm going to do that too. But God gave me this word, and I'm going to preach this word. And it was a good word. I, and I think all of God's words are good. And they have, I all have a message. And then I went down and helped preach my sister's funeral. Be barefoot there as long as you can. You do what you can. Then you got to move on. Saints, we are soldiers in the army of God. And we can't be giving the devil any place in our lives with our words. Ephesians 4.27 says, give no place to the devil. And you give place to the devil when you speak negative words. You give place to the devil when you speak words other than what God himself has given you to speak. If your words counter against God's words, then he can't do for you what he wants to do for you. He can only do what his word says he will do, and that's all he's going to do. You probably know how a prosecutor in the courts will take everything that you say and turn and twist it around and use it against you. Well, brothers and sisters, the devil does the same thing. He will use every word you say against you. He will tempt you to get into strife with someone uh, just to get you to say something you shouldn't or he'll tempt you to get into gossip, gossiping about somebody. And then he's going to turn right around and he's going to accuse you before the Lord. As a matter of fact, like I said, that was the scripture I was uh, looking up on the phone a while ago. Uh, Revelations 12, 10, 
where, you know, uh, the Bible says that the enemy uh, brings us up before the, accuses us before the Lord every day. He's accusing us. You really need to look out because the devil will bring these things against you like a magnet when you're speaking these destructive words. He'll bring on sickness on you in a heartbeat. Where on the other hand, when you speak and agree with God's word, it will bring health to your whole body and prosperity in every area of your life. It will bring you peace and give you joy. It will attend, if you will attend to his word, according to Proverbs 4, his word, according to Proverbs 4, is medicine, medicine to all of your flesh. In other words, we have to put his word first. According to Psalms 103, 20, it says, God has his angels standing by to hearken to his word. You might want to keep in mind that God's angels are always descending and ascending according to the words that you speak. But let me tell you this. Demonic spirits are also standing by to hear your words. And they also are acting on your words. And they're going to bring it about. But God has his angels God says that he's active and alert to perform his word. He says that um, his angels are standing by to hearken to his word. He says, my word shall go forth. It shall accomplish what I send it out to do, and it shall not return to me void, but it shall do whatever I send it out to do. But those evil words are going to bring back and accomplish what you're sending them out to do. So keep a zipper on it. Carry some Band-Aids around with you. If you have to, put a zipper on it. <laughs> it also says in Psalms 119 that the entrance and unfolding of your words give light. Their unfolding give understanding and discernment and comprehension. I would like to borrow another demonstration from a great minister, author, um, author Charles Capps, who's and a pastor who's gone home to be with the Lord. I think it might help you to understand some of the things that I was talking about. Some of you probably have never heard of a Polaroid camera. Got one somewhere. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Christine. She was going to help me because I thought I had to hold a mic too, but since I don't have the whole mic, I can do this too. Uh, but you know, I'm sure a lot of you young people don't, have never even seen a Polaroid camera, have you? I know your granddaughter probably has never seen a Polaroid camera. Well, this is a Polaroid camera that I probably don't know how to work uh, either. This is part of what I'm going to talk about. I have some pictures here. So, because I realized last night when I found my Polaroid camera, I was using it several years ago to make a dem to demonstrate, to make a point. And so, as a matter of fact, Christine ordered it for me. And at that time, it would take photographs, you know. But, you know, in a Polaroid camera, for all of you listening online and in here that don't know what a Polaroid camera is, it takes a photograph, but it does not, but it um, takes a few minutes for it to develop. The light on it causes it to develop. It does not come out, it does not develop right away. So when it shoots out, if I were to shoot this picture out of here, okay, as you can see, uh -oh. <laughs> there's nothing on this, okay? There's not, there's not a picture on this. But I'm going to show you something in a few minutes. Reverend Cap says that he believes that the Word of God produces an image in you much the same way that a Polaroid camera produces a photo. And I believe in order to receive what we're believing for, we must first get an image of what we're believing for. I really believe that in order to possess what we want when we pray for something, if we're praying for a new job or if we're praying for a healthy body or we're praying for something, we must first get an image of what we're wanting in order for it to be manifested. And this is why I was using the camera, and I'll show this in a minute. And saints, I realize that some, like I said, that some of you probably don't um, do anything about that. The Polaroid material works by the polarization of light like the light of God's word in Psalms 119, where he says the entrance of God's word gives light. I confess that scripture almost every day as I begin to read the word. And I say, Lord, I just thank you for this word today. I thank you that as I'm reading your word, that the entrance of your word is bringing light to me today. And so that's what you want. You want the entrance of his word uh, to bring light. The film 
the, the film is light sensitive after it is exposed. In other words, when you take the picture and it slides out of the camera, as you just witnessed, the rollers spread a chemical over the film, which starts the developing process. The image is already implanted on the film, okay? You can't see this. There's nothing there. It's black, but the image is already implanted on this. I want you to think of this this morning as your faith. Your faith is implanted on whatever that is you're believing the Lord for, but you can't see it yet. But you've implanted it, okay? The film is so sensitive that it will imprint exactly the image it saw in the viewfinder. Okay, so if my film wasn't dead, you know, and developed like it's supposed to, then gradually as the light was hitting it, the, the, the picture, the image that I took would begin to create itself. And so it would come from this to this. And this is what we need to do when we get an image of what we're believing the Lord for and having faith for. I would say have faith for more than believing for because that, that cannot always be correct. Have faith. Have faith for that you can, get, that you can go from here to here with what you've got in here. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? It makes a difference. For instance... When you confess, thank God I have abundance, I have an abundance and I have no lack. I have given, it is given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to men given to my bosom, according to Luke 6.38. And God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you confess that God has a good plan for you, and that plan is to prosper you in all your ways. And that you're blessed coming in, going out in the city and in the field, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. When you speak these promises of God, I want you to know that when you are speaking these things, I speak them all the time. As a matter of fact, I was speaking them this morning. Amen. Speaking them this morning. I'm exposing it. My words to the light. And if you don't feel like you have the faith to do it to begin with, the more you do it, the more faith you'll get. And the more faith you get, the more you do it. Because after a while, you're going to be again to see this. When you start out, you ain't got nothing. You do have it. You have it by faith. By faith, you'll get it. If you stick with it. Are you following me? Yes. Praise God. What you're doing is you are exposing your film. In other words, you're exposing your spirit man to the promises of God. When you're confessing his word, you are exposing your film spirit to the promises of God. Even though there is no immediate manifestation, there's not always going to be an immediate manifestation of what you've asked God for or what you've been confessing. The process has already begun. As you can see, when the film shot out, it, did not, it had nothing on it. And since mine's dead, it still has nothing on it. But yours is not. But if you give up, that's what you're going to get. As a matter of fact, I have another one here that uh, my husband took of me last night. I can't hardly find me. When you begin having faith for what you believe in the Lord for and you begin to confess the word, it's what you got. A few days, a few weeks later, you're going to begin to see some results. After a while, I got it. Amen. Thank you, God, I got it. It might take a day, it might take a few minutes, it might take weeks, it might take months. Some of mine has taken days, weeks, months, some taking years. But I got it. Been up here preaching took years, but I'm here. Hallelujah. The devil tried to stop me long before I ever hit Virginia, long before Dave and I ever met. He tried to stop me in so many ways. But you can't. You can't let him. You can't let him. Just like on that camera, even though camera, even though you couldn't see the picture immediately, it was there. The picture is there. You just have to wait for it to process. The answer, the answer to your prayer is there. You get it by faith. By faith, I believe that I receive this. By faith, I'm confessing this word because by faith, I believe what God says to be true. 
Because the Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. He said, have I not spoken it, and have it, has it not happened? So God's word is not going to lie to you, brothers and sisters. It's the same it's the same thing with your prayers and your confession. Sometimes you don't see anything immediately, but you have to have faith that the process has already begun, Amen. just like I showed you. Remember, the entrance to thy words give light. You'll find that in Psalms 119, 130. Said the light of God's word will polarize your spirit, but it takes time for that process to be completed. Are you hearing me? It's a process. It's a process. Yes, God works like that sometimes. But I have found through my walk with the Lord, and I'm sure that Brother Paul over here and some of the others, it's, it's a process. But let's say, for instance, you have prayed, and when you didn't see any immediate results, you say something like this. Okay, maybe you go home today after this demonstration and after this, the word that the Lord has given me to share with you. And you say, I'm going to start doing that. Okay. Well, you go home. And you, and you um, begin to confess that word and you do it for a little bit. And then you begin to change your tune. You begin to change your confession. And you begin to say, well, that's what I figured. I've tried this confessing thing for three days now. I don't see nothing. I don't see anything. So I guess it didn't work. So what if you were to say that? That would be like snapping your Polaroid camera it's like snapping your Polaroid camera, catching the film when it slides out and tossing it away. Mm -hmm. Saying that the camera doesn't work because you couldn't see the photograph immediately. Mm -hmm. Be the same thing. Be the same thing. Are you hearing me? Yeah. However, if you would go back after the light-sensitive film has been exposed and the chemical has had its effect on it, you're going to have a picture. And you had waited a few minutes. In other words, if you had exercised some faith and patience, saints, that film would have developed right before your eyes. You would have, got, you would have received that blessing right before your eyes. It's kind of like when you pray to be healed and a few minutes later you still have a pain in your body. You might think that God didn't hear you and that you, and that you aren't healed when really you are healed. Or you're praying for a financial miracle. It's the same thing. But sometimes there is a process, as I just said, just like there was a process to that Polaroid camera. The film in the camera was light sensitive. And it needed to develop. Your faith, you have faith, but we've got to develop that faith by speaking God's word and letting that light shine on it. And, and it's up to you how long it takes. The more you confess the word and the less you say the other stuff, the quicker it's going to develop. In other words, the quicker your body will be healed, the quicker you'll get the better job or you get the finances or whatever it is you're having faith for. Praise the Lord. Your body or your situation needs to hear the word of God spoken over it every day. And of course, you can't speak God's word if you don't know it. You have to know the word. Be determined to never give up. You never give up, saints, no, ma no matter what it might look like in the natural. You never give up. It's like with my sisters, like I said, with Pam. You, d you don't give up. It's like with David. Most of you are familiar with David. When da like David, when he kept fasting and praying until his servants came and told him his son was dead. That was when um, he had sinned against God, him, Bathsheba, and his son died. But like David, he kept fasting. When his son, before his son died... David kept fasting to pray until his servants came and told him his son was dead in 2 Samuel 12, 18. The Bible says that David prayed to God for the baby. David fasted and went into his house and he stayed there, lying on the ground all night. He says the elders of David's family came to him and tried to pull him up off the ground, but he refused to get up and he refused to eat food with them. On the seventh day, the baby died. When David saw his servants whispering, he knew, what the, he knew that the baby was dead, so he asked them, is the baby dead? And they answered, yes, he's dead. Then David got up from the floor, washed himself, put some lotions on, and he changed his clothes. And then he went into the Lord's house to worship. After that, 
you would think to yourself that David might could have held a grudge. I hadn't thought about that until just now. But he could have held a grudge because he had been fasting and praying all that time. Now he had sinned. But he was fasting and praying all that time. And then they come tell him his son's dead. But he didn't get mad. He went to the house to worship the Lord. After that, it says he went home and asked for something to eat. And his servants gave him some food and he ate. And David's servant said to him, Why are you doing this? When the baby was still alive, you fasted and you cried. Now that the baby's dead, you get up and you eat food. And David said, while the baby was still alive, he said, I fasted and I cried. But now that the baby's dead, why should I fast? I can't bring him back to life. But someday I will go to him, but he cannot come back to me. My sister was born again. I cried and fasted and prayed and did everything I knew to do, humanly possible. But I was fighting against a lot, a lot. And you're going to run into that. And I'm going to, I'm going to preach another. I preached a little bit about that last Sunday. I'm going to preach another sermon on that one of these days because I think it's so important um, that people be aware of the way that the enemy does them in, in, in situations like this. But in, in this case, like I said, um, David said that he can't bring him back no matter what he does. So some days I'll go to him, but he cannot come back to me. My husband that's deceased. I can't get him back if I just sit around my home in North Carolina and just feel sorry for myself and not continue on with the Lord's work as I was doing at the time or with my sister or with my brother that passed or my, gra or my grandson. It hurts. I got feelings just like everybody else does. And it hurts. And some days I'd much rather maybe be in there crying and feeling sorry for myself than going over there working another message to come over here and preach. But my heart is for the Lord. Amen. And I know that he loves me. Yes. And he loves you. And he loves them. And he confirmed to me where they are. Amen. And so you just get busy doing what you do. And just shake it off. Amen. Shake it off. It's not easy. I don't say it's easy. I don't stand up here and say it's easy. In closing, let me say this. Saints, my point is, we were going to have hardships. And we're going to suffer persecutions and difficulties. But we have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and keep moving on. That's what I keep trying to do with the help of my husband. Primarily the help of the Lord. And he sent David to help me what that I couldn't do. <laughs> Praise God. It is hard to do, yes. But with, the Lord, but with the help of the Lord, we can do it. People who act on the word receive things. Until we act upon the word, it does not become a reality. We have to act on the word in order for it to become a reality. Believing is, re believing is really acting on the word. So you can't say, I'm believing something and not be acting on it. It just doesn't work that way. What a change would come into some of our lives if we said, at thy word, I will. Like the disciples when they were fishing. They said, I fished all night. I didn't catch a thing. But at thy word, I'm going to put it back in. And they did. And what did they do? They brought in a big haul. So much that it sank, almost sank the boat. And they had, to, they had to bring in all the other fishermen to help them with the fish. Sometimes I think it can also help if you get a picture. If you'll get a photo of what you want and post it somewhere for you to see. That's what I've done. I've done this in the past. I've, I've, taken, I've taken a photograph of myself or something and I've put it, uh, put it on the refrigerator, on my mirror, on my car. Or you can even write scriptures there. But it's good if you can get a photograph of it, regardless of what it is. Whether it's a good job, a husband, a wife, or a healthy body. Uh, in other words, maybe you're sick and you're praying to be healed. Get a photograph of yourself when you were healthy and post it somewhere on your refrigerator or your bathroom mirror or in your car. It's always good if we can get a visual of something. A visual is always good. Saints, you will attract the promises of God in your life. You will not have to settle for the crumbs again. 
if you will attract the promises, you'll not ever have to settle for crumbs again. God can give you far above anything that you could ever ask for, hope for, or ever imagine. He is a far above God. And I want you to remember that your miracle is closer than you think. So don't quit. Don't give up, saints. Don't give up. It is closer than you think. And just know that no matter what you go through, you never have to go alone. If you go through it alone, it's your choice. It's not God's choice. He loves you. I, ha I don't have words to tell you how much he loves all of us. But he will not act above his word. I know some of you have probably suffered a lot of afflictions and difficulties, whether it's in your family or your job or bodies or whatever it is. But let's try to be like a David and, and just shake it off and say, we can't do anything about that anymore. If, if you can do something about it, then do it. But if you can't do anything about it, if it's out of your hands, don't ruin the rest of your life over something you have no control over. Just give it to God. Father God, I just thank you so much for this word here today. Father, I just love you so much. I thank you, Lord, for all those that are here this morning, those on those online listening, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that they have been going through any difficulties, and I'm sure they have, because people go through difficulties, and they suffer persecution all the time, Lord. But Lord, if they suffer that persecution and difficulties for your sake, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to raise them up. I thank you, Lord, that you're raising us up every day. I thank you, Father, that you honor your word and your promises, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. I pray for faith for all those that are listening. I pray, Lord, today that they will get an image in their spirit, that that, that light will shine on their spirit, and they will get an image of the things that they are having faith for, not just necessarily believing for, but having faith for, and that they will get a better understanding, Lord, that all they need is to have, you said to only need the faith the size of a mustard seed, Lord. That is a very tiny bit of faith, Lord. So I pray today that we will all at least have the, the faith the size of a mustard seed and that we will be able to receive those things that we are trusting you for. I pray, Lord God, today that you'll put a burning desire in each and every one of their hearts to seek you with all their hearts and all their minds, Lord, and know that you are their answer to whatever it is they're desiring. You are the answer. And Father, again, I thank you for this word today. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me to deliver it. And thank you, God, for giving me the strength that I need to do what I need to do. For it's in Jesus' name I praise you and I thank you. Amen. Amen.